right. Well, welcome to the Path of a Plumber podcast. I am here with Ricky Cox from Forthright Plumber. Yes, sir. That's correct. Awesome. So we talked the other day and you kind of told me something interesting that before becoming a plumber, I think you were considering becoming a lawyer or what was the, you were like total different yeah, path. My, my grandfather um, is a um, retired attorney. He worked in the military for many years. Um, he was also a U.S. Marshal. So he, um, he kind of inspired me. I, I wanted to go into law and I, I had the grades. I had the opportunity, but I, something kind of clicked my high school year and I realized I would not be able to sit through four to seven years of classes. I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. You know, after yeah. 12, I think we go through 13 years of school in public school and I was just, I was just mentally exhausted. You know, I had been taking AP classes um, so that I could get college credit. By the time I graduated, I had a whole year of college done and I was, I was exhausted. I was in wrestling. I was uh, in extracurricular activities. I mean, I, I literally worked myself to death as a high school senior and I just was burned out. I said, I, I can't college. Um, and so I started looking into what would be a good trade to have as a skill that I could branch into entrepreneurship later on. Yeah. And how did you, what, what made you choose plumbing out of all the possible trades? You know, it's funny when I was 12, my dad, we were living in a house in Tampa and the over the septic overflow pump failed. And so we, you know, my dad didn't want to pay a plumber. So we went out there, we dug up the tank, we opened up the lid and we could see that the pump went bad. And so, well, guess whose job it was to go down in there and change the pump? <laughs> 12 year old Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, Hey, look, son, I'm not going to pay a plumber two grand to do this. So you're going to have to go there and do it. So he made me crawl down in that tank and um, change out the pump, his supervision. And um, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of cool. And then when I was 16, 17, 18, I didn't have the money to take my truck to a mechanic. So I always worked on my truck myself with my dad. And so yeah. I enjoyed working with my hands. And I, I just researched, I researched APAC, electrical plumbing, um, I found out that plumbers make pretty good money and that there's a pretty wide career arc. And so I just chose it, went to trade school, and I've been doing it since I was 18. Yeah. And you, you said that you, you started, obviously, as an apprentice. Um, how, long, how long did you do that for? I was not. So it's funny. I, I kind of took a, a, a side road in my career. I went to trade school a year of, of training at Irwin Technical College. I got my plumbing technology, I guess you would say it's a degree or a certificate. And after that, I got a job offer to do plumbing maintenance at a hospital. Oh, okay. And I was working overnight shift and I worked there for two years and then finally I just had enough. Working overnights was killing me and so I finally uh, I took a pay cut, left the hospital, and went to work for a local plumbing contractor. He's actually a friend of mine. His name is Donnie Hawthorne. He owns Safe Choice Plumbing. Shout out to Donnie. <laughs> um, and I worked for him for a year. And at that time, you know, so two years in plumbing maintenance and then a year working for an actual plumbing contractor, I knew that I was ready to go in my own van. He was hesitant to let me go in a van, which I understand. You've got a 21, 22-year-old kid wants to go run plumbing jobs for you, you're going to be hesitant. 
Um, and so I ended up taking a job at another company, Schleeman Plumbing. I worked there for a couple of years. Um, and then at that point I was running my own band. So really two years of plumbing maintenance in a hospital, replacing fixtures, um, you know, commercial fixtures, like, you know, polar commercial toilets, wall hung toilets, um, touchless faucets, that kind of thing, uh, boiler maintenance. And then one year in the field working for a new construction plumbing company. And then I went right into service at Schleeman Plumbing. And I've been doing, I've been on my own since, that's, that was about five years ago. And so, yeah, it only took me about two to three years after I got out of school to get my own dad. Yeah, yeah. And so you, how long have you been owning Forthright? Sure. So I started it in January of 2019 is when we incorporated. Oh, wow. um, I didn't actually go into business for myself until April. I got my license March 22nd of last year. So it's been just shy of two years. Wow, that's my birthday, March 22nd. So really, well, it's a lucky day. day. It's a good day to get. It's a good day to get something started. It was. That's awesome. And, um, and I'll tell you what. The the sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The plumbing no, no, exam okay. in Florida it was pretty stressful it's like a nine hour long exam they make you do isometric drawings i mean yeah. i had to do an isometric drawing of like a five-story commercial building and i thought I, I mean i was sweating bullets i was so stressed out and then i opened up my exam i peek at the score and i got like a 91 out of 100 wow. and i was just so thankful um, that was a good wow. moment in my life yeah i've heard that the florida license can be tough because of the isometric drawings like it, it you can know everything but if you get if you get the drawings wrong it's almost impossible to pass can't pass if you don't get any points on your isometric you cannot be a licensed plumber in florida wow that's intense yeah that, i've heard that about florida before um and what do you do now mostly are you doing new construction service what are you focused on right now yeah. So for 2021, we're focusing on service. We are really focusing on growing our service division. Um, we, we started out, you know, it was just me in my truck. My wife would come help me on, on some of the bigger jobs whenever I needed a hand. And um, I mean, at that point, you're just trying to do anything you can to stay busy. So I was doing everything and anything. Um, for the last year and a half, I've done everything. I've done backflows. I've done commercial new construction, residential new construction, tons of residential remodels. Uh, I think I did one or two commercial remodels, tons of service. Um, but, you know, through being a business owner, you pay attention to your numbers and you learn what works for you. And what I found our highest profit margin is on residential and commercial plumbing service. And yeah. so in 2021, we're going 24 seven. Um, we're gonna, you know, change up our marketing strategy a little bit more. And, and I'm, for lack of a better term, I'm, I'm ditching a lot of the contractors I was working with just because waiting 60 to 90 days to get paid on a lot of these jobs is not a feasible plan for someone who basically started out of his garage. Yeah, yeah. Was it hard for you to go from, because I, I find that a lot of people struggle to go from, I'm in the van, and I'm doing the work to now I'm going to hire people and let them do it. Was that, was that a hard kind of transition for you or did it kind of flow naturally? I think it was the first guy that I hired. He, he's a friend of mine and I made the mistake of hiring a friend yeah. and I didn't know anything about business. So, you know, the wage that I was paying him, although he was a great plumber, it wasn't sustainable for me. I wasn't bringing in enough money and I ended up having to let him go 
90 days into hiring him. Yeah. Um, and so for, you know, my first three months, it was money over fist. I mean, I was making a killing. Then you start to invest in buying another truck and your insurance costs go up. You have to buy more equipment. You have to have twice as many tools as you had before. And you're constantly upgrading equipment, um, spending money on marketing, uh, networking. I mean, it's, it's an intense process, especially when, you know, to be fair, um, I, I didn't have the best plan starting out. I just jumped into it, which is what a lot of people do. Um, I've since learned from that and grown a little bit more wise in my business decisions. But, you know, um, yes, it was a difficult transition at first when I found the right people. And at the right time, about a year, about a year and a half, I'd say about a year and a quarter into my business, things started to really take off about six to seven months ago. I found a great service technician that I was able to work alongside with. His name is Josh. He's great. Um, my apprentice, Brandon, had been sticking with me for about a year. He's also great. And we were able to branch out and take on more jobs. Um, then I got a third van. We're looking into getting a fourth van. Um, and, it, and it's been great. I think really the most important thing from getting out of the truck is you have to have well-trained plumbers and technicians. That's yeah, the yeah. biggest thing. You have to, you have to focus on training. You know, yeah. sales training is important, but technical training is also super important. Go into a client's house and they sense that you don't know what you're talking about, they're going to eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, you're at that stage where you're trying to now grow. What do you think are your finding is the challenges as you're trying to go from, you know, three to four to five bands? Same thing, kind of the training in plumbers, just finding the right people at the end of the day. Yeah, I would say it's implementing processes that replicate themselves as opposed to me handling everything. So that's something I've really focused on for the last two to three months. Um, you know, delegation is a business owner's best friend. You have to create, you know, whenever you start out your business, you are the CEO, the VP of marketing, the VP of sales, you know, you're the plumber in the truck. You're the yeah. lead marketer, you're the networker, you're the advertiser. It's everything on your shoulders. And you get used to carrying that load. But after a while, you know, you are not the best person for him. You, you as a business owner have to recognize that the reason you're in business is you're there to steer the ship. You're the captain of the ship. You don't need to be the one climbing up and, and, and setting the sails or drawing the rigging. You need to be the one steering the ship. And so what I'm trying to transition into is finding the right people to fulfill certain roles, implementing more training, implementing checklists and structures. What do we do on every service call? You know, how do we answer the phone? Um, how do we handle these certain situations? And basically every time I run into a situation where I don't have an answer to, we think through the problem and then we write it in a Word document, we print it out, that's the new policy. And if we need to change it, we change it. We try to document everything so that eventually, you know, the goal is one day grow the business to a certain point and sell it or franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you, I mean, just if you were going back to give yourself advice, what would you, now in knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give someone just starting out in the plumbing industry? Sure. I would say have laser focus on specializing. Um, it's very important, you know, when you start out, you're going to be tempted to do every job that comes to you. And um, that is just not easy. You're going to be better at certain things. Than 
I find that we are much better making profit and, and you know, being happy and, and having happy customers when we focus on you know, service, saving the day, drain cleaning, um, emergency leaks. You know, anytime there's a leak, you, you know, if we can be the first ones out there, we're the heroes and people are grateful. You know, a lot of times they don't even care what the price is. They just want you to come out. Yeah. And so um, I would say, you know, regardless of what kind of plumbing you want to do, whether it's commercial, residential, um, you know, even industrial plumbing or specialty, pick something that you're really good at, double down on that, and then grow from there. But what I did was I just started doing kind of everything. I worked with a ton of contractors and they're great. They're great sources of work and revenue, but they're not the ideal way to grow your business home. For me, yeah. You know, it, yeah. I know plumbers like, um, you know, there's tons of plumbers that make a living, a great living, just doing, you know, like my friend Donnie, who owns Safe Choice Plumbing. His niche is he does high end custom residential homes. That's yeah. a niche. And he, it's just him and one other plumber. It's a two truck business. Um, he gets to go on a bunch of vacations every year. He's got a nice camper. Got a couple nice trucks, you know, he's definitely making a six figure salary and he's fine. He's happy with that. And so if, if you find what you're good at and, and play on your strengths first, that would be the advice I would give, you know, me two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. In my experience, uh, I t like I told you, I've been, you know, doing sales, marketing, business development for 15 years and ran my own marketing company for the last five and all the plumbers that are successful, they have a niche that they're good at. They either do repipes really well, drains really well, they just crush it in water heaters or they do lining. And the ones that make the most money, they just want that same job over and over hundreds of times. And they have the system down, they have the materials down, they have the guys for it and they just make money at it. I think niching is definitely a clear path to success. And it, it really even any industry, like even me as a marketer, I specialize in plumbing companies. When I try to do other ones, I'm never as successful. Even though it's the same formula, it never works out to be the same as when I just take on a plumber. Sure. Yeah. And so uh, what, what would you say is just kind of the ultimate goal of where you're trying to go? I know you say you're, you're, you're growing, but it may be franchise and maybe sell, but you know, do you want to be just in the state of Florida? Do you want to be a national plumbing company? What's your long-term goal with Ford's right? Sure. Um, my biggest thing is I want to grow, but I want to grow in a way to where we retain the quality in the name. You know, the, the name of the company is Forthright. Um, and, and really the, the image I'm trying to convey with that is we're completely transparent and honest about how we do it. You know, there's no surprise. And I've found that a lot of companies that expand too fast, a lot of times the thing that goes first is the quality. Yeah. Um, so yes, I would love to have a six truck, seven truck business one day, um, doing anywhere from a million and a half to two million a year in revenue. I think that would be the sweet spot for me. I don't necessarily want to become a giant chain. Um, I think the mom and pop businesses are becoming more and more popular. That's yeah. the market trend that I'm seeing. People don't want the giant franchise. So if I were to make a franchise out of this, the idea would be it would be the mom and pop franchise. And it would be set up in a way that the franchisees, they're taking on this business model. First focus is quality. It's so yeah. important. 
can't cut corners. I, you know, not to say anything bad about my competition, but I have seen several larger residential service plumbing companies in the Bay Area where I work. Their quality goes downhill if they expand fast. And it's really a shame because your first priority needs to be doing the best possible work you can do, always being honest with your customer, always treating the customer first, and doing what's right. And so those are the family values that we hold to in my business. And I would say those values more than anything have contributed to our success. Is there anything else you want to add? I think so far it's a good, you know, episode. Anything advice or anything you want to add before we go? I would say, you know, to the younger generation, plumbing is a great plumbing, HVAC, electrical. They're great trades to get into. I love being a plumber. I'm very thankful, thankful to God that I was given the gift. Um, you know, he put in my DNA to become a plumber, and um, you know, I'm thankful to my mentors who helped me become a plumber. You know, people such as Donnie, who I mentioned before, um, Jimmy Lipke, he was a great mentor of mine. Um, even my, my, um, my service manager, Jason, he's been a plumber for 20 years. There's always more that you can learn as a plumber. You can always level up in the trade. There's always a way for you to advance your skill set. And the beautiful thing is you will always be in demand. It's a great path to entrepreneurship. So if I could talk to the young people for a moment, I would say, you know, if you want to go to college and you want to get a degree and you have a laser focus idea of what you want to do, that's great. Don't count trades off as an option. Great way to make a living. Um, it, it's a great opportunity for entrepreneurship. And it's just, you feel good at the end of the day. You did something that a lot of people can't do for a fair price and you sleep well at night. Yeah. Awesome. That's great advice. I think it's a good episode. I, I think we'll close it there. Thank you so much, Will. I really appreciate yeah. your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a great day, brother. Awesome.